I'm the Director of Marketing at Kinexus, and I'm coming on the podcast today to interview Mark Graben about a webinar he has coming up on July 27th. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. What's the focus of your webinar? Well, thanks, Maggie. Um, focus of the webinar, I mean, it's a topic that's near and dear to everybody at Kinexus. Um, the webinar is titled Strengthen Numbers improving from the bottom up. So bottom up ideas that come from, you know, frontline staff and, you know, and the, they really, you know, these ideas uh, become improvements through the collaboration with managers, with their, uh, with their teammates. And so you know, this is something we talk about a lot, but I'm going to try to add, um, you know, some new thoughts. I've been trying to continue learning um, about this whole topic. So how do we know that bottom-up improvement is powerful? Well, I, you know, I think for, for one, there's, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, personal experience that, um, that, that I have in, in various settings, seeing the power um, of bottom-up staff ideas, um, the excitement that people have um, for improvement uh, when, when you engage them and you, you ask them to, point out problems and more importantly you ask them to speak up with their ideas that that they can go and test so i've seen this work uh in in healthcare i've seen it work in nonprofit settings different types of organizations that i've coached you know kaizen as a, a method for continuous improvement uh, you know is often associated with toyota and manufacturing but i mean when it comes down to it it's uh, i think it's people being people. And so there's you know a lot of experience. A lot of our customers uh, are, are getting great results from uh, bottom-up improvement. Uh, you know, for those who, who like to look at research, and I think research is great, um, one um, source off and site is the book, The Idea-Driven Organization by Alan Robinson and Dean Schroeder, where the one company they highlight in their book was Coca-Cola, the division in uh, Stockholm, Sweden. And when they looked at the different uh, black belt projects, green belt projects, frontline ideas, they found that roughly 80% of the benefit, um, at least in terms of financial benefit, came from um, the frontline ideas um, because there's so many more ideas compared to projects. And I think that's something we see in a lot of other organizations, um, our, our customers and others who have you know, a combination of big projects, which tend to be more top-down, that's just the way it is, um, rapid improvement events or, or black belt projects in that middle level, and then you know, the, the foundation of it with all of the frontline ideas. So uh, in their book, Robinson and Schroeder pointed to you know, auto factories, they talk about uh, my friends at Theta Care, where there's a similar ratio. It's it's not exactly the Pareto principle, but it's it's roughly you know they call it the eighty twenty principle. It's not a rule, but roughly eighty percent of the ideas, eighty percent of the benefit, is 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 the, the right way to say it. Eighty percent of the benefit and improvement potential lies in those frontline ideas. Eighty percent. Wow, that's fascinating. So why is bottom up improvement not typically seen when the results are so powerful? Well, so I think one reason is sort of along the lines of your reaction. I think it's it's surprising or counterintuitive to leaders that there's so much potential from their frontline uh, employees. So, you know, one, one thing I've been trying to learn uh, more about recently is, you know, sort of I, different ideas on 
um, coaching and and helping. And you know, I think uh, you know for for years now, I've probably been guilty of telling people, trying to tell leaders that they should engage employees in frontline improvement. And I'm going to incorporate some of these learnings into the webinar. I, I took a a class last week on a methodology called motivational interviewing, and it's, it has its roots in um, uh, therapy, but uh, there are a lot of applications to the workplace. And one of the lessons from motivational interviewing, which I think ties in to Kaizen and bottom-up improvement, is that you can't make anybody change. You know, change is a choice on a very individual level. So I think I've, in my own reflection, done a better job of encouraging frontline employees to make it their choice to participate and not forcing it, not making it mandatory, um, inviting people to participate. I think one of my personal opportunities for improvement is practicing what I preach when it comes to talking with executives, not telling them, not trying to shame them or, or label them as, as somehow being bad people um, for not engaging others in improvement. Um, I, I think there's a lot of science that goes to show, you know, awareness and rational arguments are not enough to make somebody change. So I can present evidence. And if it's in that telling mode, uh, you know, an executive I'm talking to is probably naturally going to get defensive. If I'm saying you should do this, they might point out all the reasons why it, they think it's not worth their time to engage people in bottom up improvement. So, um, you know, if we think about it in terms of people just being stuck on old behaviors, um, if, if managers or executives are used to not asking employees to speak up, if they're used to not asking for their ideas, they may have convinced themselves that their employees don't have ideas. And so I think, you know, I need to be uh, more empathetic toward these executives and, and figure out how to invite them to participate in these leadership behaviors. How do we help them choose to encourage participation and improvement. I know, you know, that might sound um, super touchy-feely for being an engineer, but um, <laughs> I think this is an important dimension um, that often gets left out. It's not just about the rational, logical case for change. There's the emotional um, case for change that, um, that, that, that really matters. Yeah, that sounds really counterintuitive to a lot of the leadership behaviors that we've heard about do you have any advice for people who are trying to figure out how to help their employees in this way rather than telling them or instructing them? Yeah, you know, I think, again, I, th I think there's two directions. One is what leaders can do um, to help evoke change. So I think, you know, sort of, you know, uh, meeting people where they are um, in within a department, um, you know, if, if some people are really enthusiastic about Kaizen and continuous improvement when the opportunity is presented, then great, work with them, you know, um, get them talking about opportunities for improvement, get them talking and brainstorming about ideas, and then, you know, create time for them to go and test those ideas and, and evaluate them in practice. Um, if, if there are some people who uh, just aren't ready to participate. I, I think, again, that's where it's important to not force the issue um, and, and, and try to bring people along. I think in the other direction, I talk to a lot of people in the middle of the organization, the PI facilitators who are trying to influence upward 
in the organization. And, you know, I think maybe there, there are some similar lessons there, you know, trying to have start a conversation with executives about bottom up improvement. Um, if, if there are some executives that are willing to take action, I think similar advice, go ahead and work with them and, uh, you know, try to bring others along over time. There, there's one other concept, you know, before um, I'll, I'll just leave the rest of it for the webinar. There's a concept from motivational interviewing called ambivalence when people are stuck in change. You know, some of these executives might be able to they might say something like, well, I should engage people in bottom up improvement. But then they can also articulate reasons why they can't or, or why they why they won't. They say, well, I don't have time and you know, they, they, they might throw up a lot of barriers. So we need to get people talking through the positives. Why, why do they need to do this? What actions can they take um, to, to try engaging people in bottom-up improvement? Um, trying to get them to talk themselves into trying it through a process of um, this discussion, motivational interviewing, final, you know, final point. It's called motivational interviewing because you're interviewing people to help them discover their motivation for change, which is an altogether different style than um, trying to tell someone to do something differently. And, you know, these folks in the middle of the organization or or myself from the outside, that's just reality. We can't tell executives what to do. We can't tell them how to behave. So we have to try to find other ways um, to maybe open their eyes to the possibility and help them discover why they should try something different. Great. Well, thank you so much for this preview of the webinar, Mark. I have a million more questions, but I don't want to spoil all of the content. So for anyone that's interested in learning more about this, uh, you can register for the webinar at kinexus.com slash webinars. It's on July 27th at 1 o'clock Eastern. Or if you can't make it for the live webinar, you can watch the recording on our website anytime. Mark, thanks for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Maggie.